The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pot of thunder and rock and roll. It's here with Duff McKagan's got for us here on the highly anticipated joke of the week. Chris Jericho, Duff McKagan calling you from Mary, um, old London. Yes, uh, in London this week, um, which reminds me, there was a guy up in Scotland, a kid, teenage boy. He comes uh, comes home and uh, says, Dad, I got a... I got I got a new girlfriend, and uh, he said, "Oh yeah, oh, what, what, what's your name? It's it's Amanda," and the dad goes, "Who the fuck she is?" Thank you very much. Goodbye. <laughs> it's Amanda in Scotland. They call dads da. Ah, I don't know where Duff pulls these out of his uh, his hours sometimes. If you want to talk Scottish. But here's something I do know. A couple weeks ago, I saw one of the best live TV matches I've ever seen. It was on AEW Rampage. It was so good. I booked it on the Jericho Cruise. A trios match with Top Flight and Action Andretti versus Vikingo, Commander, and Penta. So today, I've got Top Flight and Action Andretti here to tell us about that crazy match and also about their AEW stories. We're here how Dante and Darius Martin came to AEW and ended up making their TV debut against the Young Bucks. They also talk about getting started in wrestling, basically in grade school in their backyards, and what it's been like to come back from a couple of tough injuries. Top Flight and Action Andretti talk about their friendship outside of the ring, their in-ring chemistry, how they first met, and what they hope to accomplish this year in AEW. And of course, Andretti talks about the famous match he had with me in Garland, Texas, and shares his initial reaction when I told him that it was going to be him against me and that he was taking the win. So let's go with Top Flight and Action Andretti right here, right now on Talk is Jericho. Last week on uh, Rampage, one of the best matches I've ever seen live, and I'm not just saying that. Like I, you know, I'm not just shilling here. Was uh, was Action Andretti and Darius and Dante Martin against the Kingo and Commander and uh, Penta, and I got the uh, Top Flight Boys here. Do you, when you guys put that together, did you think it was going to be something special? Do you ever really know for sure? Um, not not fully. We were kind of we were a little bit rushing it. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, a lot of it was in catering. Uh. As you probably know, it's pretty hard putting matches together right. with a with a language barrier. So that that was another thing of uh, already like feeling the rush, but then also 
Because Penta speaks English, but the other guys don't speak really anything. Uh, Commander actually is, is getting, he? getting very good, good with, with English. Uh, Vikingo is not, not quite there yet, yeah. but he, he knows some things. Mm-hmm. So when you're putting it together, how long did it take to, to do that? I would say maybe like an hour and a half-ish. Yeah, we had like, you know, we probably like talked for like the first like 30 minutes, and then, you know, you break away from each other. Mm-hmm. You let it all breathe and register, and then come back again, but... To answer the, like your first question of like if we thought it was gonna be like as good as it like turned out to be, I, I feel like you know when you have like six athletes in the ring together, when you're all in queue and all working together, like you really can make some magic happen. So when we were putting it together, like I just I figured as long as everything went went as planned and whatnot, that we would make some magic out there because all these guys, you know, are so athletic, mm-hmm. like can do so many great things and just like just great all around athletes and professional wrestlers. So. In just, the back of my mind, I had a little feeling. It was just that. one thing after another, though. It's so amazing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what happens when you're wrestling three of the top luchadors in the world. Yeah. It's nonstop action. But must be kind of fun for you guys. Like you can really just throw it all out there. Like some matches you have. Like tonight, you're working with the acclaimed. It's going to be a different style of match. But that one's just like batshit crazy. Do whatever you can do. Right? How many athletic moves can you do? Yeah, <laughs> definitely. For sure. For sure on that one. Yeah. Um, so how, how did you guys end up uh, teaming together? Because obviously Top Flight, you guys are brothers, yeah. Darius and Dante, but action comes in. We've got a long story. We'll, we'll talk about our history. Right. Yeah. But um, it, it took a while for you to kind of find your groove action. And now with, with Top Flight, it's, it's a perfect fit for you guys. Yeah. I mean, when I first you know started here in AEW, after you know we wrestled, Darius was just recently coming back from, from his injury and like Top Flight were you know, just now a tag team again. I mean, Dante was on his singles run for a bit. And I think you came back like a month before I like de- debuted here. So maybe a little bit longer. But um, once Dante had his injury and, you know, Darius was just kind of doing single stuff for a little bit. Me and Darius were literally walking down the hall one day and Tony came up to us and said, I'm thinking about teaming you guys up together, which was like really cool. And all three of us all hung out before. We mm-hmm. always train in the ring together before. You know, me and Dante were really close. Even before I was signed, we did a couple of independents together. But, um, yeah, we, me and Darius, you know, we did our thing teaming up. Tony really liked it. We really enjoyed doing it. So we figured once Dante came back, we all three combined together as a trios unit. And it's been a, it's been a lot of fun so far. It's only been two or three weeks now, but I think we can do a lot of great things as a trios mm-hmm. together. Yeah, and there's obviously just, like, natural chemistry a lot of people know we have this like core crew with like Hook and Bowens called the Lads or whatever. Called the Lads, the Lads. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we spend just a lot of time together, anyways. So naturally, the chemistry is just there. It's nice to bounce ideas off of someone you're just always hanging around. Mm. And we think, I think, very similar about wrestling, just the way we like to move around in the ring and put together matches structurally. And it's interesting because both of you guys had injuries, and Darius had a couple injuries in a row, right? Yeah. And for me, I remember my first, the first time I, I did a dive over the top rope and it was called Leon, Mexico. And the guy moved and it, there were seats that were bolted into the floor. And I landed right on these wooden seats and fucked up my arms. Like my first injury. When that happens, it changes your whole mindset of like, we think we're invincible until you realize, oh no, like I can actually get hurt. Yeah. Did those injuries uh, help you guys be more careful in the ring? Because I mean, especially for yourself, you had a couple couple that you had yeah uh i don't know my case was like the acl was just up and over training so Mm. it's not like necessarily something big i was doing and then the other thing was like the car accident Mm. so it's not necessarily something 
having to do with the style I was wrestling. Because I like to believe that, I don't know, I, I like think about high-flying moves I do and like the risk versus reward on them. Mm-hmm. There's certain moves, I'm, I think I'm capable of doing a 450, but I know I'm not going to consistently hit it flat or whatever right. and hit the target on the same point. And I don't want to hurt other people or hurt myself, so... I just think about wrestling in that way. Yeah, that's all. How about you? Uh, for me, my injury, uh, when it happened originally, uh, I lucked out. I had adrenaline going. Mm. So as gruesome as it looked, yeah. luckily I did not feel it. <laughs> the ankle kind of twisted the other way. Yeah, I yeah. I remember, yeah. And going into PT, it was my goal to – I have, like, the whole inhuman moniker going on, so I wanted to keep that going. And I definitely wanted to keep my style going, show people that – uh, even even with an injury like that, I can come back and do some of the things that I'm known to do. Some of like the bottom rope side flip, I'm I'm keeping in there and uh, springboards for sure. But I'm definitely a lot safer with mm-hmm. with with my choices and get cho- putting yeah, things yeah, together. Yeah, differently. And when did you guys get signed to Because I remember seeing you guys at, at Daly's place. That was probably was it prior to you getting signed, or like what was your kind of journey to AEW? Oh, uh, so it was a message I had sent to all the EVPs. I yeah, guess. tell us that story. That's a great story. <laughs> so um, just at the time, I was like bouncing between jobs. I'd actually just started working at a gym. Like, I think I worked three shifts before we actually started doing the AW thing. But uh, yeah, I messaged Kenny in the books, and Matt Jackson got back to me, and they said they were interested in. What was the message that you sent? Uh, it was just kind of like, hey, I'm really interested in what AEW is doing. and I'm a really big fan of how you guys are being an alternative and everything. And we'd love to be a part of it. So I sent a little like highlight video. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he got back to me, which like blew my mind and said he was interested. And he brought us down. We worked uh, Stu and Uno mm-hmm. in our first match. And we did a couple darks. And then we ended up doing the Bucks match on TV. That was our first match on TV. And were you signed at that point, or? Oh, uh, we got signed after. The right match. after, yeah. right after the Bucks match. Yeah, I remember seeing you guys. Like, I vividly remember saying something outside of Daly's place in the back area. You know where you leave and where you enter. And you yep. Leave. And I remember seeing you guys. Like, oh, these, you were like kind of just little kids, like, just kind of, like <laughs> looking like all wide eyed. And I, like, I never saw your match. You guys had a good match or whatever it was. But I still remember that moment. Like, just seeing you guys. <laughs> you were just kind of sitting there. And then we actually worked a match. Yeah. Like, was it me and Sammy or was it uh, Max? Max? Me and Max. Yep. yep. And yep. I remember thinking, I think you were 19 and you were are you yep. two years older? A uh, year and a half. Yeah. So you're 21. Yeah. I was like, these guys combined age is still like seven years. <laughs> but that was great though. Yeah. Cause I remember that Bucks match was the big kind of coming out for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Now let's talk about you action. Um, talk about yeah. You. yeah. So I saw you in Washington DC. Yep. You did a match with QT. Yep. What do you remember about this? Cause then I said to Sanjay, do some promos with him. Mm-hmm. And they took you outside. So kind of talk about from your side of the coin. So, yeah, as soon as I got done wrestling the match, like, you know, I talked to QT a little bit, but then it was kind of Sanjay just pulling me, like, to the side, like, let's go outside real quick. Just And then uh, he had me cut a promo on the match, cut a promo on the match, and then um, I cut a other different couple promos with different scenarios and did, like, another two or three, and then you came around from the corner and then you had me cut a couple promos with different scenarios. And then the the one that you said you love so much was the one I did on Sammy Guevara. Mm-hmm. You told me to cut the one on Sammy Guevara. And in that moment, like, it was a lot for me, too, seeing, like, all the cameras, all the lights out there. Like, I'm, the adrenaline's still going off after the match. So it was uh, it was definitely a lot for me at the time because I wasn't used to all that. But, and, you know, I just did well, my It was funny because thing. I wanted to see, like, like, you did such a good job with QT, right? 
But we have a lot of guys on the roster, and there's a lot of acrobatic, athletic guys. It's like, what kind of a promo can you do? So when you were doing those, little, I was hiding behind the corner listening. Because yep. we, we took you outside, right? That's yep. how we did it. And then I was like, okay, let me see. Like, I'm going to walk around the corner and just like do a promo on Sammy Guevara. And what impressed me so much is with no hesitation, he cut like this great minute long promo on Sammy. Because some people might go like, well, give me a second or, okay, hold on. You just did it. And I was like, that's really cool. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I never forget that man. It was it was a crazy moment for me right there. Seeing you walk out there, I was like, "Holy shit!" This yeah. is Jerry, Jerry now. <laughs> he's putting me to the test right now. I better pass. Yeah, yeah. Well, then I went and told Tony. I said, "This guy did a great promo. We should we should sign him. But if you do, don't bring him back because I had this idea." And so then you did get signed, right? Yeah, I did get signed that night. Uh, that night. Yeah, a little bit after cutting those promos, probably thirty minutes later, I got pulled to the side taken to an office and yeah they offered me the contract right there how did that feel incredible man incredible that drive home for me was something else you know just mm. yeah yes i it was just it was just a year ago that we wrestled mm -hmm. uh what two weeks ago was it in ago? san no so the week after san antonio yeah in garland texas that's right yeah and we just were in that building last week too mm -hmm. so that same week yeah, yeah. yeah so stepping in that building again was like you know i had to take a deep breath and soak all that in again you know just right. i remember like the the hallway where i walked back from the curtain from we, when we wrestled and you know everyone applauded me and stuff i walked through that same hallway and i just mm -hmm. like soaked all that in real quick and it felt really good to just be in that building again how was it for you guys when you got offered the contract after the match with the bucks uh i almost didn't believe it i, <laughs> I got to it was, it was really crazy because it was like right after and i believe it this is when everyone had to like sit out in the crowd Right. When yeah, we didn't, yeah, yeah. We, we couldn't quite have the fans that was yet. Our audience was, was us. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. And so we were out in the audience, and after the Bucks match, TH2 jumped us, uh, and Helico and Jack Evans. Uh huh. And so we were sitting there like, uh, should we be front row for, for Jack oh, Evans yeah, and, right. and then Helico <laughs> coming out yeah, here? So we were, we were out there, and like, we, they had just jumped us. So we were there was obviously like tension there, and we were kind of no selling the tension. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, Tony just like calls us over the loudspeaker to come to like the back or whatever. Just over the loudspeaker? Or, yeah. yeah, really. Yeah, so we were just like sitting in the front row, and it, I think it was honestly just like it might have been a couple other extras, but it was very obvious that it was like us right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. two who we were feuding. <laughs> so so we just thought we were getting called back just to like not be in the shot as TH2 was coming in making their entrance and we actually ended up coming back and CD was right there Christopher Daniels and yeah. and right there he told us that we were getting signed and we were also running out after the match. <laughs> it's just like you almost feel like when you get that call and you get in trouble or something like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, 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 what I do? Yeah, that's what Luther was saying when they called him in the office. He thought he was going to get fired, but he got a contract. <laughs> The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So why was it for you, uh, Action, when you were, um, you get signed, but then nobody's calling you, yeah. right? I was uh, definitely in my head about it a little bit. I, I was like, I thought I performed really well against QT. You complimented me after the match, and I'm just sitting at home waiting like for, for an email to come somewhere. I was telling like 
QT that night, I was like, I pulled up like the, the dates that were coming up. I was like, I can drive to this one, this one, that one. Like, I just want to come back and mm -hmm. never got any invite back. And uh, yeah, I definitely was like, wow, like what, what's going on here? What am I, am I going to be used here in AEW? Or am I just going to be a guy that like comes around like once every two months or something? Mm -hmm. Like, am I going to keep being an extra? And uh, there was one show that I came to that was in, um, I think it was in uh, Virginia, West Virginia. And, uh, you know, I showed up then and when I showed up, everybody like recognized me. All the all the talent here mm -hmm. in AEW, and they were all like, "Welcome back!" Like, "Hey, good to see you again!" Like, because I came before and like been an extra and done dark mm -hmm. matches, and you know, no one ever knows who you are when you're just an extra. You know, mm -hmm. you, you'll shake hands and whatnot, but nobody knows who you are. But this time coming around, coming back, I was shaking hands with people who were like calling me by my name, which that was really cool to me. I was like, "Oh, I I am a part of this roster mm -hmm. now. I am I am a part. Okay, this is cool." So I still didn't do anything because there was something being made in the works but um did you figure that out at all or because the idea that i said like I, I didn't want you at any of the shows like i didn't want yep. you working at all yeah just people completely forget about who this guy is yep. you know no i i did i had no idea what was coming we we ran into each other and we had small conversations and you said hey like uh you know are you you did really good you you know we might end up doing something but that could mean anything to me you know mm -hmm. like it's wrestling, right? Nothing means anything to him. You have the whole Jericho Appreciation Society at that time right there, you know? So I thought I was maybe going to wrestle like Sammy or, or Garcia or something like that. And yeah, and then I came back to another one in Baltimore. And it was, just, it was just the same thing. People still like, you know, recognizing me and, you know, coming up to me, complimenting me on the, the match. So yeah, but being at home and, you know, I was still working a, working a job then, you know, I was signed, but I was still like working a full-time job, clocking in every day. Like, I, <laughs> Little did I, did I know what was in front of me mm -hmm. in, in a couple months, but yeah, it was. I signed that first contract in October, and we wrestled in December, so that's like two couple months. months of just, right? Yeah. You know, just questioning what's what's going to happen. What am I going to do from here on out? Right, right, right. So, how was it for you guys um, growing up together? Obviously, you started wrestling very young. At nineteen, you're in AEW. But I'm sure you wrestled years before that. Was it kind of something you guys had planned to do since you were little kids, to be, be a tag team together? Actually, surprisingly, we didn't plan on really being a tag team together. We were just both really into wrestling. And honestly, our first few matches, I felt like we were only getting booked against each other. Yeah, for sure. I think for like the first five or six matches, I wrestled them in singles matches. <laughs> and I'm, I haven't been healed a lot in my career. That's probably the only time I've really been healed in my career. It's <laughs> your little brother, too, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, no, we, we just have had that chemistry and stuff. And I think we kind of started getting more tag bookings around, like, 2018. Mm -hmm. And then we were, at some point, we just were, like, only doing tags pretty much consistently mm -hmm. a lot on the indies. Yeah, we used to play the video game over at our neighbor's house. And then once we moved, uh, this was my fifth grade year, into our, our house that we have now, uh, we started watching. And it, it's really funny because I'll tell this, like, to people in the locker room and they'll just go, oh. Man, you're making me feel so old. Because when we started watching, I believe Seamus had just won the Royal Rumble. Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> so that would have been my fifth grade year. So I was about I was about 11 years old when that happened, and uh, yeah, we we just kept going from there. We started putting out these videos in our backyard of like highlights of us wrestling, doing moves, and uh, someone reached out to Darius on Twitter and was like, "Hey, you guys want to come use our ring?" And so which sounds. Kind of weird. Very, very <laughs> sketchy. Yeah, messaging, messaging like 13 uh, year olds. Yeah, but then, yeah, we went, we went there and it actually turns out they were like 14. So like, 
Yeah, uh, and we ended up training there, and some local indie wrestler started coming around and teaching us, like, actually how to properly do the moves and stuff. And then um, in 2016, Ken Anderson mm -hmm. and Molly Holly, Eric Cannon, and the Damaris, they opened up uh, the academy up mm -hmm. in Minnesota. So I was a part of the first class there. I was actually the first graduate there. And, uh, yeah, it was, like, cool to learn from so many different mm -hmm. minds because those are, like, very different styles, right. very different people. Uh, and I, I was fortunate enough to learn from like all of those coaches and be able to like use all of that knowledge. Well, you get trained properly, right? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Who did you train with, actually? Uh, I trained at um, MCW in Maryland. Oh, okay. My trainers' names were uh, Dean Gutridge and the Bruiser, and uh, really smart guys, really well educated in wrestling. And um, unfortunately, the one, um, the Bruiser, one of my trainers, he passed away from cancer. Mm -hmm. So um, he had a whole thing called like Bruiser Strong, where like people donated money to his thing and he had so much money that was donated to him he was a big idol for a lot of people and really really you know stern hard-ass guy he would like make you like he would put you in check you know call you a fat ass if you were a fat ass <laughs> not make you feel totally bad because he's he would always say i used to be a fat ass too like <laughs> you just got to change that you know if you want to be in this ring you gotta you can't and you could be fat or whatever but you get you can't be getting blown up in my ring or you're gonna have to get out of here like mm -hmm. he was he would make you like from a boy to a man in a way you know like mm -hmm. right but he was a he was definitely a big role model for like myself and all the students at that school when you guys started to do a lot of shows uh, at first avenue yeah so i would probably say that's like my home promotion What's eric cannon runs it uh it's called first wrestling oh, it's called first. it is called with first. a one yeah instead of an i <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah eric cannon which is one of my head trainers and has like really helped i think the both of us a lot in our careers and given us a lot of opportunities he booked us on these shows, these Russell Palooza shows that are 18 plus, but I was getting booked as a 16 year old and stuff. <laughs> so then I would have to do the show and then I'd have to like leave or whatever. Right. Like someone would have to be watching me. But yeah, no, it was just cool to get the opportunity to work with people like Ethan Page or like Jimmy Jacobs. I worked with there a few times. So it's cool to get those opportunities to learn from those Did people. Did you guys live at your age being so young? Or? Only for like the first couple of like five matches. We that's why that's actually why we used to wear the masks on the independence. Yeah, to get into yeah, the we venues. Wore the masks because yep. we got in so young. They just <laughs> said we looked like kids and like wasn't really believable. But then when we put them on, all of a sudden we're like thirty year olds. Yeah, I don't know. Mine was Angel Dorado. It was just the Golden Angel. Yeah. I and put it in a Google Translate one day, and, <laughs> and mine was just Airwolf. Airwolf, that's right. When you first came here, you had masks like as your ring entrance or something like that, right? Or just yep. Yeah, that was more so like, so people who, who were familiar with us more so like before mm -hmm. could kind of see it on like a bigger stage because we had just taken them off for the first time. We did um, the GCW Collective mm -hmm. and we kind of got like a lot of buzz coming out of that. And that was a couple weeks before we debuted at AEW. But that was like our first time really working without the masks, I think, because we were coming out of the pandemic and stuff and right. made the decision during the pandemic to drop the masks. Ironically. There's probably a thousand Angel Dorados in Mexico City. Oh, yeah. It was the worst because uh, originally it started out as Angel Caedo, which is the fallen angel, and nobody could pronounce it, including me for the most part. So, so I put that in the Google Translate, Golden Angel instead, and that's, that's how I came up with that one. <laughs> the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, 
both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Let's talk about the night in Garland, Texas. This is Tech Garland, Texas action. Oh, yeah. Um, when we had our match. So let's tell me about, about what you recall about the whole day. Man, so I finally got that email to get officially invited back. You know, I got my first flight. It was my first time ever getting a flight for any wrestling show. Really? Yeah, I've always taken long drives, you know, with a group of people. I never had any, like, indie shows where I got flown out. So it was my first time getting flown out for a wrestling show. That was cool. And I remember landing. These these two were the first guys I, I saw when I got to the hotel. Oh, yeah. Yeah, first guys I ran into. And, uh, you know, they were just... So welcoming to me right off the bat. So cool. Just like I, I feel like I've known these guys for years and like just yeah, good guys. But um yeah, get to the hotel that Tuesday. I mean, not really sure what I'm doing. Um I saw the House of Black was in action and I saw Chris Jericho was in action. Yeah. And you know, I was I was literally like had my fingers crossed. I was like, well, please, please let this <laughs> let this be what I'm doing. Let this let this happen. And um yeah, I remember walking, you know, getting to the venue. I'm walking through catering, and I see you, and you're like, "Hey, well, I was just talking about you." And you're like, "It's me and you tonight," and I'm just like, "Yes, <laughs> no selling." And I'm like, "Oh, heck yeah, cool, cool." <laughs> man, I'm, I'm freaking out, and you're like, "Yeah, we'll, we'll, you know, meet in an hour. We'll um, talk in my office. So just come in whatever time it was. I'm in your office. It's me, you, and Aubrey. You're going over the match with me, and." Um, you know, you talk about what we're going to do. And I'll be honest, at first, when you were telling me what we were doing in the match, I was like, damn, I'm just getting my ass kicked out there tonight. I'm just, I'm taking a couple of things and then getting pinned. It's all good. I'm still wrestling Chris Jericho. But, and then you keep going on more and more. I'm like, oh, shit, this is, this is still going. We're doing more than that. Okay. And then you, you know, keep saying everything else that you, you had planned or your ideas. And then you say you're going to hit the shoot, the run and shoot and start press and one, two, three, and my draw was dropped. <laughs> Aubrey's draw was dropped too. She Yeah, yeah. And you say, don't tell anybody. Like, mm. you cannot tell anybody about this. And I wanted to tell, I wanted to tell these guys. I think I'll be here for a little while. Um, but yeah, and then, you know, it was just like, all right, get your gear on, get ready. We're... We're on, what, we were like a halfway segment on the show? Something like that, yeah, crossover. Yep, yeah. yep. So, um, at that moment, like, I had to, like, collect myself, you know, just, all right, all right, you, you got to do this. You're wrestling on live TV for the first time ever. There's going right. to be a lot of people watching, and uh, you got to go out there, and you got to show out, and you got to kill it. So, it's definitely a lot, a lot at that time for me, but I just had to keep my cool, you know, do my thing like I do in any other type of, you know, wrestling match I'm in, or just... Like I'm in treated like I'm in training, you know, not worry about all the people that are there and all the people watching like live from home. And um, yeah, man, I've watched that match back a lot of times and just, you know, enjoyed the moment. It was so cool. And I feel like we worked well together in that ring, you know? Yeah, I wanted to like um, do kind of like a modern day uh, one, two, three kid and, and Scott Hall. But if you watch that match, Scott Hall just, or Razor. Just yeah. beats the shit out of one two three kid for like eight minutes and then rolls them up. Yep. I didn't want that. I wanted people to think like, oh, this kid's doing good, but there's no way he's gonna win. Like, there's no way. 
but then you finally did, you know what I mean? And the only thing that I wish we could have changed, I remember I hit you with a code breaker yep. <laughs> right before we went to break. Yep. And my idea was I just wanted to sell that for three minutes. I, I knew that like people, because people who started, they started smelling what was like, this is not, because they're chanting, let's go jobber. Yep. <laughs> oh, let's go, so he kicks out of the code breaker and I'm like, and I just wanted to just sit there for three minutes, like, and you, you started moving and I said, Aubrey, tell him not to move, yep. tell him not to move. But then you got up and we continued, but I just, it's still in my mind's eye. I think if you just would have lied yes. there, yes. I could have for three minutes had people going crazy yep. for that. Just, just by laying down. Just by laying, yeah. You kick out. out of a code break. And they just the look at my eyes. Yeah, like, oh, facials, yeah. But yeah, yeah but I wanted a real, like, holy shit moment because nobody expected that, you yeah. know? And that's kind of what, what happened. It was great. We had them. We yeah, had them. yeah. And yeah, no one was ready for that. We uh, blew the internet up that night. <laughs> <laughs> How was it for you guys when you first worked with uh, with Matt and Nick with the box? Because that was your coming out party, so to speak. Yeah, it was insane. And, uh, they're just like a different level of good. We some we've never been in the ring before with before, and I would say like every time I feel like we've been in the in the ring with the Bucks, I feel like we really create something. And uh, the Bucks and Kenny, I feel like as a singles, when uh, Darius got hurt for the first time, when I got in there with the Bucks and Kenny, that's what really gave me that that push I needed uh, to be a single star and gave me like, it was my uh, blowing up of the internet. <laughs> yeah. Did you work with all three of them in the same match? Yep, it was uh, me and Matt and Mike Seidel versus Kenny and the Bucks. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so like you said, that's the whole next level of, of professionalism, right? Yeah, for sure, for I sure. Being at home watching that match and seeing him get his little shine that night, I was like, holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. even sometimes go back on YouTube and watch that moment. <laughs> yeah, I was injured at the time, too, so I was watching that little moment from home, and it was cool seeing that. Was it hard, though, watching when you're injured? Um, Not really, I don't think, because, I don't know, I'm, we're still so young that, like, yeah. we, we have all the time in the world. I think a lot of people think we're, like, injury-prone, but... Listen, if we've been wrestling for 10 years, yeah. and this is kind of our first injuries, and we're still so young... Yeah, I don't There's, say that at all. Yeah, especially when one of yours was a car crash. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But yeah, no, it's it's just cool to see like my little brother doing that because mm -hmm. I I know like how crazy he is and how athletic he is. I know that he has the potential to be one of the best wrestlers in the world. So it's yeah. cool to see that kind of pan out in real time. Right, right, right. You know, well, the level of athleticism for all three of you guys is, is is next level. That's just kind of like I remember being a high flyer like in the early '90s, and I did a we call the reverse victory rolls or like a, like a Frankenstein where you jump up on the guy's shoulders and then take a second. Like, and that, no one can believe it. Yeah. <laughs> and my first thing in the lion's salt, it was like the craziest thing in the world. Now it's like you do a lion's salt in the lockup. <laughs> uh, how did you guys get so athletic? Did you practice? Did you do gymnastics or was it just natural? And how does that work? I feel like for me, all my sports kind of gave me the body control to do everything that I'm doing in the ring now. So, when I first uh, hit eighth grade, all my friends were on the swim team, and I, I tried out for it, and I was like, man, I'm getting blown up. Just, just Yeah, just going down and back once or twice, and they were swimming for like two-hour practices just back and forth. So I saw all the divers over there on the diving board, and I was like, I feel like that's something I could do. I, I've been able to do a backflip since just about like elementary school. I tried it off a picnic bench a couple times and eventually landed it. So I, I did that, and it it really landed me with like shooting stars and, and uh, different types of backflips. And I ended up making it to state for my sophomore, junior, and senior year of high school. For, for what sport? Uh, diving. And then uh, once I hit about, I want to say, junior year, my friends would do track. 
And so then I was like, oh, you know what? I'll do track. Same thing kind of happened when they wanted me to be the distance runner. And I was like, oh, man, I don't know. Those pole vaulters over there kind of, <laughs> so they look like they're having fun. Yeah. So then I got I, I got into pole vaulting pretty good. And yeah. And I, I made it like to pretty close to the top of my section for pole vaulting. I cleared like 15 feet my, my senior year. So let's talk. I've been doing Talk to Jericho for 10 years and never talked about pole vaulting before. <laughs> what is the, how does, like, what's the, how do you do that? Like, what's the secret? So there's like a huge crash pad. And then right before the crash pad, there's like a metal, what's called like a box. It's just like a little slant in the ground. Yep. And so you have like a, you have a pole and it's assigned to like your weight and you pretty much run, run. And you, as soon as you like drop the pole down into the box, the pole almost like bends and you get like this spring up. And from there you're, it's a little bit scary because you have to like pretty much go, go upside down and go like feet to the sky until you get right over the pole. And then you turn like a half twist over the pole and make sure you like, you don't knock it down. And yeah, you pretty much just fall. Any bad wipeouts doing that? Like you have to be totally committed to that. Luckily, I haven't. I've I've seen a couple bad ones. I've seen a couple people lie about their weight and then get like a too light of a pole and have the thing just snap. <laughs> There's some rough videos on <laughs> for sure. I've definitely seen some videos of people just missing the crash pad completely. Gosh, yeah, they just snapped right over, huh? Yeah, yeah. So pole vaulting and diving. Yep. Yep. That's crazy. Man. Even diving is such an art form too. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And the funny thing is, is I was terrible at the high jump, which a lot of people look at me and be like, "How?" <laughs> and just going off the single leg, I never got it. Yeah, I never got it. How about you, Jared? Uh, I did throwing in track, so I did discus and shot put, and I did wrestling for a couple years. I did not understand like. He was a great wrestler. He did a. Uh, what was it? Uh, he did a Hurricane Rana to somebody. A yeah, shoot Hurricane Rana. Like yeah. yeah. <laughs> I seen like a clip that was viral of in an amateur wrestling match. A dude did like a backflip out of a single leg takedown. And I was like, you know what? That's a dope spot. I'm going to try it. So I, <laughs> I went in the wrestling practice room with my friend and I just kept practicing that move. And then like during the match, I just kept baiting the dude to go for the single leg. And when he did it, I did it. But it kind of ended up more so like a, a Rana. Uh, <laughs> and everyone knew I was like super into wrestling and stuff. So they're like, yeah, you can't do that. This isn't WWE. <laughs> the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. How about you, Ashton? I'm a little similar to Dante. I uh, diving boards, you know, I wasn't on the diving team, but I'd go to like the, you know, local pool like every summer with my friends and we would always try to outdo each other on the diving board, you know, see who could top each other's moves. Um, trampolines, same thing. I had, a, I had a friend of mine who lived like right next to the pool and he had this huge trampoline. It was in the shape of an octagon, ginormous trampoline. So same thing. We would always try to outdo each other on there. And um, playing high school sports. I did pole vaulting, too, for a little while as well. Yeah, yeah yep. So maybe that's the secret there, doing pole vaulting. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, football and wrestling did that as well. Um, went to States my senior year of um, wrestling. And, 
Yeah, I feel like just having like a background in sports and mm. doing like different stuff. Just being an athlete. Yeah, yeah. Like like you said with the body control, Dante. Like you know, playing sports like that really helps you have that body control that you can transfer over to professional wrestling. But, I remember '94 uh, or so, and I was working a lot in Japan. And Ultimate Dragon was like, oh, "I think you could do a shooting star press. I think you could do one." And I was like, "Really?" Because oh yeah, yeah, you can do all these other things. So I got in my head that I had to do a shooting star press. So I went to the <laughs> diving board. I was living in, in Tent, which is outside of uh, Knoxville, Morristown, Tennessee. It was outdoors, and the diving board was really bouncy. But I could do the shooting star press off the diving board. And so I was like, this is going to be easy. And, of course, you go to the top rope, and then tried it there, but there's no spring. Yeah. It literally landed right on my head. And the second time, I broke oh. my arm, which is the scar there. And I was like, yeah, I can't do a shooting star press. <laughs> on the diving board, it was so easy. <laughs> yeah. You know, it gives I'm, you that, like, natural push out, and yeah. you have, like, that, that uh, mentality, though. If I fail, it's just the water. Exactly. <laughs> and then when you have the rope with no push off and there's a hard matter yep, yep. it's a different if it's a different style for sure I've done shooting stars off the diving board and I have landed on my stomach before and like doing a normal backflip off the diving board I've hit my head just not going out and I was so young too oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I just remember so much blood coming from my head like the <laughs> lifeguard was freaked out it was yeah. so yeah I've how about for you guys when, when you first came you mentioned action your first match here was your first live TV match and for you guys too was there a big change to try and figure out how it work live TV and where the cameras are and all that stuff definitely definitely I didn't I didn't know what a hard cam was yeah. when I came in here <laughs> um I was just like slightly familiar with it I did I was with MLW for just a little bit okay. and they kind of have um, TV production in that so I learned a little bit with that because I, I did a few shows with them but yeah for the most part this is like the bigger experience and like actually like seeing the, all of this camera stuff because it was much smaller of a production with them sure for sure the sure. same concept at least you know what, 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 where you're supposed to be looking yeah you know and that yeah. sort of thing one thing that threw me off i remember you said to me like whatever the times were you were like we have four three and five like, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> Four, three, and five, what? That was definitely <laughs> something I, I wasn't used to, was like that's the commercial hard, stuff. Yeah, yeah having the, 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 the time limit. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And that's always been something. I remember the first time I had, like, you know, my first match, and it was, it was against Jerry Lynn, Mr. JL, and we got seven minutes. I'm like, seven minutes? <laughs> like, that's, that's just starting, like, wrestling around. Yeah. <laughs> seven minutes? What can I do in seven minutes? But, yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. So how was it for you guys after you get signed? You worked, you worked with, with, with the Young Bucks and, and that sort of thing. What are some of your, your favorite feuds that you've had since then? Uh, I think every time we've stepped in there with the Bucks, it's really fun because I think we just bounce so many ideas off each other mm -hmm. and we just come up with so much stuff and get really creative with it. Um, I also really liked everything we did with the BCC. Mm -hmm. Last year, uh, we well, I guess it was the beginning of this year. Right. Yeah, we wrestled like Mox and Danielson and Claudio and Yuta. And I think every time we were in there with them, we really brought the fight to them. Mm -hmm. And I think it was just like a really different side of us that people weren't used to seeing at that mm -hmm. point. Because they think we're just like high flying. Right. You know, they're kind of comparing us to more so the Bucks style. But seeing that we can scrap with mm -hmm. like the BCC was a whole nother element that people didn't see before. Sure. I would agree on on all of those two. Uh, one that really helped me as a performer was Seidel. And Seidel has been like a huge mentor to me since I've since Darius has been out. And he's he's really, I got to give him a lot of credit to how far I've come. So what kind of advice did he give you? Oh, man. So much that I can't even really like think of one off the top of my head. It's just little things. Uh, when I first had my match with him in Jacksonville, we had one on Dark. And... 
wrestling with him was just like it was different because he's just such a such a wrestling genius like yeah. technical wise and and all of that and uh we ended up having the second one which got a, another viral moment out of it the sunset at sunset which was uh it was me and Seidel number two on dynamite yeah. and that was with uh at daily's place where it used to be like open that wide open area yeah, yeah, yeah. and we had planned on doing a sunset flip me to him in that match and during it as we were going out we're sitting in gorilla like Oh man, there's a there's actually a sunset out there that, that you can see. So there's a there's a cool shot of me getting the sunset flip on him at sunset. Yeah, it's a, that one that one was pretty cool. That's cool. Yeah, he's 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 a great wrestler. Yeah. How about for you? Uh, actually, when you come in, you work Chris Jericho. You know, when you jump right into a feud with the, the JAS. Yep. It starts as well with you. Mm-hmm. Um, you got thrown into the deep end. Oh yeah. Promos and matches and main events and it's like you, like you said, this is your first live television experience. But the, you, you were not given any uh, any leeway at all. You were expected to, to deliver yep. right out of the gate. Yep. Yeah, it was just uh, same thing with going in there with you. Just show out, do my thing. You know, don't don't let anybody down or myself down. You know, because. It's just treat it like any other wrestling match that I've had in the past. You know, don't get too in my head about it. Like, this is a Rampage main event that's on live TV. Like, you know, that can get to you a little bit. But I, you know, just try to, like, you know, keep cool and just have fun. Have fun out there and just have a good time. And, um, yeah, those I had some great Rampage matches with Sammy. You know, those were some some of my favorite matches here. Wrestled uh, Garcia on Rampage as well. Recently wrestled um, Moxley and Miro a couple months ago. Those were matches I really enjoyed. Uh, Sabre Jr. was another one I really liked. So, yeah, I've had a lot of great opportunities to wrestle some of the best that this company has. Was too, like in the business, you're kind of on a wheel. Like sometimes you're working on top and then you go back down again. Was it, how did you uh, feel about that? Because you're doing all these main events and then when our story's done, then you're kind of you know, doing other matches. Yep. You know, just got kind of random. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just looked all like at all of them as great opportunities. You know, these are guys who I've like looked up to, who I've like have studied and watched, and I like genuinely think are some of the best that this company has to offer, or any company has to offer. So I just, if it's gonna make me a better wrestler, then then what the hell? What am I? What, you know, what else? What else can I ask for? You know, right. I had I had so many opportunities to wrestle some of these guys that have made me so much smarter in the ring, I feel like, and just, like, picking their brains and seeing how they look at matches and how they put together matches. It's, like, it's stuff I've never, like, had any, like, opportunity to, like, have happen before. So, like I said, if it's something that's going to make me better, it's only going to help me out in the long run, yeah. you know? You know, you mentioned working with BCC, and I even noticed that the other day in that match on Rampage, like, I commented, like, Darius, both, all three of you guys, but especially Darius just had this mean look on your face and throwing these kind of wicked shots i mean that's that's so important in wrestling because flying is great but the hard-hitting style is what gives you the longevity i think right i think that's just kind of like advice i've always heard from people it's like nobody knows what like a moonsault feels like but they know what like getting slapped or feels like or some like moves that they can relate to Mm -hmm. simple stuff like that the stuff that they can relate to just translates better i think it helps do connection with the crowd yeah, I remember the first time I did a tackle with, with uh, Moxley with his Ambrose, and it was like this has to be the finish of the match because, like you said, people don't know what it feels like to take a body slam, but everyone knows it's like to prick your finger, yeah. like uh, an attack or like a, a needle. Like this has to be the most painful thing. Yeah, Because yeah. everyone's yeah. gonna know what it feels like times a hundred of these things. Right? Yeah. that's how you have to relate to 
to, to matches, you know, how, how do people feel these, these things that we're doing, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so what about the, the, when you were talking about the mural match and you did the thing with, with CJ and all that sort of stuff? Yeah. It was uh, another just random AEW opportunity, you know? It's just <laughs> kind of how things work here. You just, sometimes you show up, you're not sure what you're going to do, and, you know, sometimes you might have something thrown at you that is just like, oh, shit, like, this this is happening. But, uh, yeah, um, CJ and Miro, they came up to me, and they said we're going to do a promo, and I thought they were just messing around with me, honestly. Like, like we had, we had gotten tag gear that day. Yeah, so we, we just we got just matching got tag, tag gear. gear. Yeah. We were, like, trying it on. We are like, all right, we're good. We're about yeah. to tag tonight. Like, yeah, yeah have a fresh new super fit. nice sparkly jackets <laughs> on stuff. like i'm really trying that, mine on that we were trying to get for so long oh like we were gosh. so hyped we finally got this right. gear after like months and months yeah <laughs> and we're like finally tonight yeah nope. we're gonna look official out there you know as a legit <laughs> tag team and then yeah as i'm trying the gear on they like, pulled me to the side and we're like yeah we're gonna film something real quick and then um yeah you know me and cj we filmed the promo where she's like saying she's looking for a, a new someone to manage and uh, I stepped in and I said, I feel like, you know, I could use your guidance. And then me and Miro wrestled the match the next week. And Miro's a really, really good guy. He's also like someone that I learned from in the ring, too. You know, just I really like his style. Even though he's like a big man, he still knows how to work with yeah. like, the you know, guys of my style. Like him and Sammy had some really good matches. I was watching those like prior to our match. So, yeah, it was something that was just kind of randomly happened one day while I was here at work. And um you know, I've watched, like, all their stuff they did in the past, and, um, yeah, I think it was really cool to be able to, like, get screen time with, you know, such big-name uh, people in this company. So, yeah, that was, a, that was a really cool one right there. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Let's talk about your injury, Dante, in the match that you had. Um, I can't remember who were you working with. Uh, it was like a, it was a ladder match. So it was right. uh, Penta and Phoenix, Aussie Open, the Kingdom... Uh, Rushin, uh, Jalistico were in there. Yep, tag yep, team yep. A lot of, a lot of bodies going around. A lot of, a lot of flipping apart. Those matches, they're so exciting, but there is a tendency to, to get hurt, right? Yeah, for sure, for sure. And that one was, like I was saying earlier. Luckily, I had the, the adrenaline going. But uh, as soon as it happened, weirdly, I looked at it and I, it felt so like I was in a dream. Yeah, yep. I took a Canadian off the top rope through uh, four stack tables. <laughs> wow! And, uh, and, your, and your, your foot hit the ground. Right? Yep my my left leg hit the ground just slightly before my right, and uh, I had a broken fibula and a dislocated ankle. And yeah, super weird because the first thing I did was look at it, and you could see me in the video like roll over to my butt, and I tried to put it back. Oof. And Doc Sampson, luckily we got Doc, comes running over. He's like, no, 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 no! Don't touch it! Don't touch it! And I, it felt like I was in a dream because I, I wasn't feeling anything. The adrenaline was going, like the shock was going. Originally, I thought of the Anderson Silva leg break. If you ever see the, the kick, yeah, yeah. and I go, wow, well, he did that, and he, he fought for like another seven, eight years. So I'm thinking I can wrestle again. <laughs> yeah. So I go to the hospital, and 
They were super good there. Uh, I was out of the hospital in three hours. They put my ankle back in, and they hadn't seen the broken fibula yet. It was just like a crack. It wasn't a compound fracture. And so I went back, and I was chilling with everyone. I, I was like, hey, guys, I'm okay. And I had to wait uh, five days because my leg was in a splint at, in L.A. And I ended up flying back, getting another x-ray, and they're like, yeah, your uh, fibula's broken as well. So then I was like, oh, man, am I going to need surgery on that? And they're like, yeah, we're going to have to do surgery. So I have a plate and, like, eight screws in there now. And uh, all throughout rehab, I did a TCO in uh, – Brooklyn Park, Minnesota, and I would just I would just go there every day, and like with the goal of like I gotta get back, I gotta get uh, jump into the same height that I was jumping at because I felt like that was like that was my thing, you know. <laughs> and so every day I would just go there and I would work my butt off, and you know now I'm now I'm feeling a hundred percent, and uh, really I'm feeling maybe even a hundred and ten percent now because the titanium is really strong, like it's it's almost stronger than my bone. I, I know I can't. Uh, it's gonna be hard to break it again. <laughs> I got that. When I mentioned the shooting star, I got the, the plate, the screws in there, all this stuff. And people always go, "Is it settled for security at the airport?" Yeah. <laughs> no, no. That was that was like my first question I asked coming out of surgery. I was like, uh, I, "So I travel for work, so am I gonna be good going through the <laughs> going through TSA?" How was you, Darius? Because you had a couple injuries. You, you're all fine. Yeah, I'm feeling great. Uh, luckily, this year, 2023, I've been smooth yeah. on injuries. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, first full year, I guess, wrestling here at AEW, and I'm feeling better than I've felt in years for sure. That's great. You just had your first anniversary action, like you mentioned. Um, yep. So, what, like, because how long were you working before you got signed in MLW and all those places? When you got signed, there's a couple guys that reached out, hey, this is my boy from <laughs> yeah. What's the promoter's name in Baltimore? Uh, Dan McDevitt. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, four years before I got signed, and this, uh, in, in January, it'll be five years coming up since I started training. Yeah, so um, yeah, like I'm, I'm blessed, you know. I just, but I always said like you get out, you get out of it what you put into it, you know. I was in the, I was in the ring, you know, three, four times a week training, working on weekends. We used to do like birthday party shows where we'd wrestle for like kids, and that's how you like got put on the actual shows that like the wrestling school ran. So. Like you have to do the birthday parties to do the actual show? Yes, yep. So wrestle in front of a bunch of yeah. five and six year olds, cut promos in front of them and stuff to like birthday party also got paid a hot dog and a glass of orange juice. Oh yeah. <laughs> I didn't even get I didn't too. get the orange juice. It had like one of those like uh those standalone like play sets, so I had like the swing, I did like a swung on it and hit a run off of it. Show for my birthday party. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, it's honestly a great idea. It's it like, is. yeah, you get you have like you know the students that like I was, you know, get some experience. You give the the kids a good birthday party, and you know you make some money to you know keep the school running. So it's honestly a smart idea. It's a smart idea. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, after you know like being on the shows, um, you know, I got a I got a lot of like great matches where I had opportunities to wrestle like some big name people. So that like. You know, wrestling guys who were like a lot more experienced than I was. Like I wrestled with like Lince Dorado, Rich Swan, Leo Rush, Zachary Wentz, guys who have been doing it a lot longer than me. So like getting in there with some guys who were like a lot more like seasoned than I was definitely helped me, you know, become a lot better, a lot quicker. You know. How Just, long have you guys been wrestling for? I started. My, my first match was when I was fifteen. So yeah, yeah that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, <laughs> that would have been my eighth grade year. I, I started. Eighth grade. Eighth yeah. grade year. I was a freshman when I had my first. Actually doing shows? Yep, yep. What did you tell your parents that, that 
care? No, they were okay no, with they, it. Yeah. <laughs> Surprisingly. They, like, we, we've been so, like, since we started watching wrestling, we just got super into it, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we watched all kinds of wrestling, not just, like, WWE. We figured out about indie wrestling very mm-hmm. quickly. Yeah, and we just started going to shows. And That's so amazing. Like, that, like, I was into wrestling, but I couldn't even imagine actually doing shows in eighth grade. Yeah. <laughs> what did your, like, friends or teachers think? Uh, they thought it was awesome. I didn't really tell, like, my teachers. I really told, like, my core friend group that I was doing it. But uh, it wasn't, like, really something I was going around saying, like, hey, look, I'm in tights, everyone. <laughs> yeah, same thing with me, too. I think, like, a bunch of the teachers figured out, like, right before I graduated, though, about this whole, like, wrestling thing. Because a bunch of them just randomly started coming up to me, calling me Airwolf. <laughs> Well, actually, a couple of teachers, they, they had, like, bought my shirts and stuff, so that was cool. I don't know if you know Mortimer Plumtree. He, he was a manager back in the day, but uh, he actually worked at my school. So, like, it was kind of interesting because he was just in, like, the theater department, and oh, I did okay, some gotcha. theater stuff. Oh, I see. And then uh, he was just always kind of, like, giving me shit because I would just, like, mess around or whatever. And then I figured out he was, like, part of wrestling because uh, – he did music for Eric Cannon at first wrestling. Okay. All of a sudden, I would talk to him all the time at school about wrestling, and he would give me advice about the business and stuff. <laughs> yeah, he was a manager in TNA, I believe, right? Yeah, TNA. He managed like AJ Styles for a little bit. And well, there's such a, a huge history of, of wrestling in Minneapolis. Yeah. Know, when I was a kid, they used to come to Winnipeg like every month. Was the AWA, so we always had that connection with Minneapolis. And I remember also like going down to Minneapolis to the Valley Fair for vacation like, <laughs> oh, yeah. with my buddies. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Tyler, as we start to wind down, you mentioned the, the lads. That's your that's your group of guys. Who's who's in the lads? Three of us and uh, Hook and Anthony Bowens. That's great. The five of us. Yeah. I mean, they were kind of like a little crew before I like came in, and you know, I just kind of naturally was hanging out with them, and then. You know, I guess I got inducted into the lads one day. <laughs> now I'm the fifth member. <laughs> Is it was it hard at first when you came into this company like, to try to fit in and find people to hang out with? So, like I said, me and Dante, um, you know, we we like ran into each other on a couple independent shows, and uh, this guy was like, he was really cool to me at first. Like the day the day after we wrestled, we uh, we flew to Orlando to do the the dark tapings there, and he just calls me and said, "Hey, you want to go to Universal?" And I'm like. Oh yeah, I want to go to Universal. Like, <laughs> and he just went and he bought us tickets to go, man. My guy right here, give me some love. You got to tell him the busted open story. Yeah, and this guy, man, ruining, <laughs> ruining my first interview I have after our match. <laughs> you know, I'm getting interviewed, talking about everything, and he just calls me real quick, and he's like, uh, he was calling me to like get my date of birth or whatever, because he was trying to get the tickets or like, my name or whatever. <laughs> And I'm doing the interview, and I'm like, oh, um, like, because they're talking, and my phone's ringing. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm getting a call. And I hit deny on the call, but then it closed out of the interview as well. And I'm in my hotel room, and I'm in a panic. I'm like, holy cr-. I was like, how do we get back? Like, how do I, like, what do I got to do? And the, Yeah. And then we get back to the interview, and they're like, oh, this guy beats Jericho one night. And he thinks he, he's like, out of all the guests we've had, no one has ever done that. But you beat Chris Jericho. You think you could just hang up mid-interview? Like, well, yeah, we made a little little comedy moment out of it. So it was all good. But, yeah. Did you get any heat at all for, for, for beating me? Like, as if you had anything to do with it? Like, no, I wouldn't. I don't think so. I, I think I had a lot of people just like very proud of me because I was 
somebody who like not many people knew about like i wasn't a no name at all like i didn't break out on the indies or anything like that like so it was i think it was kind of like an inspiring like moment for like a lot of wrestlers coming up like that like oh wow like you you know you did this like you know maybe one day i can do something like so special just like that you know just keep working hard and a lot of the guys that i was like you know working with on the indies i'm seeing like now like have like a little uprise and getting a lot of big opportunities so yeah i had more or less people just reaching out to me congratulating me i was thinking about our match that we had in the pandemic and i think it was it was a tape show right <laughs> yep yep this yep. Was yep. A spot that totally yeah yeah so you you put me in the walls or like you were right about to go for the walls yeah. and i believe and darius then, did a sunset yeah. over you so when you went back you kind of catapulted That's me true. over the ropes on the max we just kept ending up in the ropes we did it like a couple times i think we got it the but, second time I, I want to say it was the third. Second or third. We didn't, I don't know if we kept making you die. <laughs> <laughs> At one point, it was just kind of like, okay, now we have to do it. Because I remember thinking, like, it happened another time, too, with actually with Bowens, where it was like the, the great Chris Jericho, and I was like, you know what? I'm not going to, I don't redo spots. You know, there's never anything that's so f***ed up that you have to redo it. And I remember that one was like, no, we got to redo it. <laughs> now we got to redo it. Okay, stop. Everyone stop. Let's get this right. <laughs> it's now a taped show. I remember editing that with Kevin Sullivan. It's like, oh, wait, can we get another different angle this way? And make it look better? <laughs> I didn't pull it off, but I was just thinking, well, those looks those great. Um, last few days, who were some of your influences for you guys when you were just young guys? Why when you are still young, but watching us at the start? Uh, I feel like I have, like, a lot of different influences. I've, I don't know. I like all different types of wrestling, so... I would watch like Dean Malenko and Rey Mysterio, and I really like that style of wrestling. The same way I'd watch like the Young Bucks wrestle the Motor City Machine Guns, and that type of stuff makes me fall in love with tag team wrestling. Right, right. How about you? I don't know if it, I would say like really big influence. I just always liked the aura of Randy Orton, and uh, AJ Styles was like another cool one. Ricochet coming up in like PWG was one for me. I really liked your work, and I had a really funny story about it. We have a little brother who's not really the little brother. He's like, now he's 6'3", like yeah, 220. He's, he's, both of us. he's got all the genetics. But there was a time when we were in, I was in fifth grade, so he would have been in third maybe. And he was getting picked on. And for some reason, in my mind, I'm like, there's, there's two things I can do to this guy. Either I'm going to broke kick him or I'm going to give him a code breaker. <laughs> and I decided, I was like, you know what? I'm going to give him a code breaker. And so I, I jumped up and I went for the code breaker and it just ended up being like me kneeing the dude in the face and just taking a flat back on the ground. The guy is still working. You might have been better off with the broke kick. Yeah. <laughs> so did it work? It did not. Well, it got him. It got him. He knocked his glasses off oh, and gave him a bloody nose, but it, 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 also, it also messed up my back a little bit. So it was kind of a double down there. I one time uh, Michael Hayes used to suggest these spots in WWE like, never really did all on his match, but why are you going to give Mark Henry code breaker on the floor? So I do, and Mark's obviously a big dude, and giving him a code breaker on the floor, I jump up, I land on my back on the floor, he lands on my knees, with seven lands on my back on the floor, they almost killed me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and coming from haste, no more ideas. <laughs> How about you? Uh, I had a I had a bunch too like like Darius said there's so many but definitely like the mid 2000s like 2005 area and up like was my favorite time when I like first started watching like I remember like one of the first Smackdowns I watched was when like Edge and um 
and the undertaker were feuding and they did the whole thing with like vicky guerrero and she was in the wheelchair like that's like when i like around when i first started watching but like jeff hardy was definitely a big influence to me as a kid like rvd definitely was but um yeah and it was cool y'all we wrestled the hardys a couple weeks ago and like i had a little standoff with jeff and like he said to me in the ring like you know old versus new and that was like a really cool moment you know yeah like young guy versus you know older guy if you however you want to say that but yeah yeah, man that was veteran yes yes veteran 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 versus rookie he still looks great though i mean yeah yeah is it cool for you guys to be in a locker room now with it you know of course so oh, yeah. cool course. so yeah. cool like totally your- and you and you talk about being humble too it's like it's hard not to be when you meet these guys and you see how humble they are like they they're just like they treat you like normal people they shake your hand they like you know, they introduce themselves so like when you see guys like that like carry themselves so like humble and just not have any type of you know ego to them or whatnot it's like it's hard to to not be humble yourself you know they're like they're role models to us like when we were kids and still now, you know, being in the same locker room with, with them. So, yeah, it's super cool being in the locker room with them. I was telling them one of my career highlights, only being 22, I had Ric Flair buy me a drink. So that was <laughs> <laughs> that was a career highlight for me. Thing. When I was 26 and started in WCW, Ric Flair buying me drinks. <laughs> oh, man, that's crazy. <laughs> uh, last few things. So now you mentioned you did trios team it's only been a few weeks you said yeah it's been long there's been different variations of you guys teaming mm-hmm. so what's the what's your your your, your mindset now as a, and what are your, your goals as a, as a well as a team? i think our immediate goal is uh right in front of us tonight we got the acclaimed and daddy ass for the trios belts so i think we can head into 2024 with some gold yeah. Yep. yeah that'd be that's a big goal for sure definitely yeah we are we are ready for tonight you know it's not going to be easy the acclaimed and daddy ass they've had a good little title run but it might come to an end tonight on collision oh. so we'll <laughs> see on the cruise as the, as the trios hey, oh man. yeah would yeah, love that'd that. be awesome as soon as i saw that the, the match of the day i said to tony can you because it's hard to get him to, to approve guys for the cruise now with collision right yeah like, please have that match and he's like yeah yeah sounds good sounds good so we got everybody and penta just agreed to go. So it's oh, that's awesome. Guys against uh, Phantom Vikingo Commander. Oh, <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, we're going to run it back <laughs> on the cruise. Awesome. <laughs> we're gonna yeah, the, the cruise is like crazy. one of my favorite experiences yeah. ever, yeah. not even yeah. just in wrestling, just in just in life of just being out there and just – it was so weird Like, because that was the first time I've ever been out in like open waters like that. <laughs> yeah. so, so to wrestle on it was like – such a cool experience. You know how it's going to work, right? You think it's going to be moving? Yeah, right? yeah. And a lot of the times you didn't even like know you were on a boat. You yeah. forget. You yeah. like, it's, it's, it's like a, city. a little city. Yeah, yeah. yeah. City. yeah exactly. uh, last question. What's your uh, favorite match that you've ever had? Does one of them stand out? <laughs> Mine is ours, man. The yeah. debut <laughs> match. You know, that was a special one for me. That's something I'll talk about for decades. So that's, yeah, of course. You win, go crazy, run around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> jumped into the crowd yeah, and the, yeah, yeah. you know it's funny too it's a funny story um you know i'm doing the like the quote-unquote jobber entrance like i don't have an actual entrance yeah, as i'm signed. yep yep as i'm walking down to the ring the people who i jumped into i go up to them i say hey if i jump at you guys will you catch me and they said really? yeah they said yeah i got you and then like i pointed to them 
before I like before I jump. Like, yeah, you guys remember what I said? And they didn't they didn't know what the hell I was talking about. Like, why is he gonna jump? And they caught me. Thank God they caught me because who knows who knows if they didn't. That could have been ruined. But if you guys are out there, you know, watching, send me a tweet or a message. I'd love to know who those guys are that caught me. I gotta give them a big thanks. But yeah, that that made that moment special there. Thank you. Definitely the one we just had on Rampage was one that I didn't expect it to go as, as well as it did and uh, get a high praise from especially people like you. Uh, Kenny and the Bucks was another one that, like, the crowd had an insane reaction. And I was like, wow, like, if I could have this every night, <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be insane. Yeah, I'd say, uh, honestly, the third one we had with the Bucks, the, the latest one, we, we finally got the win. Third yeah. time's the charm, so... That was cool. I feel like every time with them, we're just always one-upping it. So I look forward to getting back in there with Kenny and the Bucks at some yeah. point when Kenny gets better, too. For sure. Well, it's good to uh, have you guys. I look forward to seeing what you're going to do as this trio, and uh, we'll see you on the ship, man. For sure. Thank oh, you for yeah. having Thank us. You. Thank you. Appreciate it.